Hi, I'm Chris McBrien. And I'm Derek Myers. Here at Pop Goes Your World, we've received a lot of great feedback on how much people enjoy the trivia segments that we do at the end of every episode. So we've decided to go back and put together compilations of the Fun with Yancey and Fun with Caveman segments we've done over the years as a set of bonus episodes. We hope you enjoy the fun. Episode 1, The Generation Gap. Fun with Yancey. Yancey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you some questions about Gen X, and I'm going to see if you know. I'm going to make it really easy for you, okay? Real easy, okay. easy questions, and just want to see how much you know, just to have some fun with you, okay? We just like to play with you. So you've you've obviously no doubt heard of Mark Wahlberg, right? You're the actor and director, right? So I'm aware. Yes. So yes, he used to sing in a rap rap group, you know, and they they were known as Marky Mark and the what? The Funky Bunch. Very good. <laughs> okay. I'm impressed. Yeah. Let me let me just say this. Let me just give a little caveat real quick. Sure. About two months ago, I did not know this. Okay. Uh, my boss at work, his name is Mark, and I would always call him Marky Mark, just as a you know whatever. I don't want to say affectionate nickname, but just as a nickname because he's my boss. Right. And uh, then he a, started it was a, saying, it was a term "Yeah, of endearment." You know, that's it. <laughs> right. Exactly. A term of endearment. There and uh, and he would always say, "Yeah," and here's my Funky Bunch. And I never knew what he meant. And then, <laughs> literally, was, up until two, that was two one of those ago. one of those Gen X winks that we were talking about earlier. One of those handshakes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just went right over my head. Right. And uh, I was like, you know, what? What is the Funky Bunch? What is that from? And then everybody around me was like, oh my god, you don't know who Marky Mark is? I'm like, no. And then we got onto this whole diatribe about how, you know, Marky Mark. You know, he used to model underwear, and then he was like a like a pseudo rapper, singer, entertainer. And, you know, it was Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. But so I do know it now, but literally two months ago, I had absolutely no idea whatsoever. Well, well, speaking of rappers, I got one for you. This There, there was a rapper uh, in the late 80s that actually he was he thought that he could unseat the king of pop. Uh, Michael Jackson, of course. Uh, so his songs included You Can't Touch This and Too Legit to Quit. Who was it? Come on, Chris. Really? That's MC Hammer. All right. So this is so you know, so maybe I make it a little bit harder. Okay, I'm gonna make it harder on you. In nineteen ninety-two, seventy-two year old Jack Palance, he won the Oscar, uh, Best Supporting Actor, uh, for City Slickers. Okay? So he got up on stage during the Oscars to accept his award, but he what did he do? For City Slickers? Yeah, City Slickers. You know, you know, you know that movie, right? Is that the one with Billy Crystal? Yeah, Billy Crystal. Well, the the, the Jack Palance, seventy-two-year-old Jack Palance, who played Curly in the movie, won mm -hmm. the the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. When he got on stage to accept his award, what did he do? It's like a a, a big moment in my generation. Did he have a heart attack or something? No, no, no. He dropped down. <laughs> he dropped down and did one-handed push-ups on the stage. Really? Yeah, he did. Okay, here's one. You okay. know, the you know the, you know Happy Days, right? You know we've talked about Happy Days before. You know it's one of the most popular TV shows of all time. You know probably. Um, so the mo the iconic character in the show, and maybe the iconic character from all the '70s was Fonzie, right? You know in in the show Happy Days, what was Fonzie's first name? Oh, I don't know, <laughs> Chris. I don't know. Oh, see, I've got to make it a little bit harder. It's Arthur Fonzarelli. Arthur. Uh, I, I knew the Fonzarelli, but I, I did not know that his name was Arthur. I know you have like this weird, almost cultish obsession with the Fonz for some reason. You you mentioned him a lot. I like the I like Fonzie. Okay, so here's <laughs> one for you. I got a movie. This movie was so iconic that it spawned like a whole bunch of like mockumentaries. Uh, it was directed mm -hmm. by Rob Reiner, and it's probably best known for. There's a scene with some electric guitar amplifiers that don't go up to ten; they go up to all the way up to eleven. What name? Name the movie. Say that again. It's it's an it's a movie. It's a mockumentary directed by Rob Reiner, 
And the, I, the popular, one of the most popular scenes in it is there's there's electric guitar amplifiers, and the and the the, the, the guitar player says these don't go to ten, these go to eleven. What movie is it? Is this is Spinal Tap. That's it. Yes, of course. Very. Is good. it? And all right, I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm gonna do one last one because I mentioned the Breakfast Club. I'm gonna name four actors, and you tell me which one was not in the Breakfast Club. Okay, Anthony Michael Hall, Molly Ringwald, <sighs> Andrew McCarthy, Emilio Estevez. Which one was not in The Breakfast Club? Isn't Emilio Estevez Charlie Sheen? No, it's Charlie Sheen's brother. Right? It's his brother. Oh. What was the third one? What was the third guy? Andrew McCarthy. I'm going to go with that one, but it's purely a guess. Uh, good guess, because you're right. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> very, very well done. Yeah. Episode two, CG or not CG? That is the question. Fun with Yancey. Okay, over to you, my friend. Uh, you got some, some questions for me this week, I understand. So Yeah, I got fun. some questions for you. Most of them are tangentially related to CGI. So either the, the movies themselves, uh, you know, feature a lot of CGI or maybe a character inside the movie. Most of them are within the last 10 or 15 years. I think there's one or two that are a little bit older than that. But Okay, okay good. I'll, um, I'll do so my it's best. Basically, yeah, it's just some basic trivia. So okay. I want you to... Uh, to not cheat, okay. keep your hands off the keyboard. Sounds good. All right, first question. It yes. says, James Cameron, yep. you may have heard of him. He's I've one of him. the most renowned implementers of CGI in his blockbuster films, and it's obviously made him a lot of money. Can you name his top five grossing films, all of which are aided heavily by awe-inducing computer-generated imagery? Yeah, because he's used it in pretty much all of his movies, hasn't he? Okay, so mm-hmm. we've got Avatar, Titanic, T2, uh, going from there, I would say, who else has he got that's really, really huge? Um, Terminator 1, I'll go with. I guess Piranha 2, the spawning, probably won't count for him. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else that he, what else has he done? He took a long time off. I'm going to say those four, and then, I don't know, you got me. I got four. All right, you were correct. You actually named one, two, and three. Avatar, Titanic, and Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other, rounding up the top five, is True Lies and Aliens. Which uh-huh. I've never actually seen True Lies, but everybody tells me that it's amazing. Oh, I it's should. really good. And one of the, the best scene in the movie isn't CG'd because it's with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. But anyway, that's not her <laughs> aside. <laughs> okay. All right, this next question. Yep. My, my wife actually helped me with this one. This was a really good question. Cool. So it says, this English actor famously voiced the entirely CGI character of Gollum in Lord of the Rings, Caesar in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Supreme Leader Snoke in Star Wars The Force Awakens, and most recently voiced Baloo in the newest Jungle Book movie. What is this actor's name? I'm, I'm going to assume it's the same actor that did the uh, the motion capture, Andy Serkis. It, damn it, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, nice. Done. well done. Well oh, done. Oh, 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 oh. I, did, I honestly didn't expect you to get that one, but yep. such is life. So he, he kind of mastered the uh, sort of the motion capture, and he's like probably the, the leading motion capture person in the world. Really? Yep. Okay. So maybe that wasn't as esoteric of a question as I had, I had hoped. Oh, but. good. All right. This next question. Obviously, yes. you know, The Matrix is my favorite movie. Yes. You love The Matrix. All right. So what is the name given by the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar to the autonomous, multi-eyed, tentacled killing machines that are also referred to as squiddies by the human resistance? So what is the name of the actual killing machines that are like the main or one of the main antagonists in the film? These mechanical electronic creatures. What are they called? The, the, the squiddies, the, sen- the sentinels, right? Sentinels. Yeah. yeah. Damn it, Chris. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh this is really disheartening, but 
Okay. This 2009 film is derived from a graphic novel that is widely accepted as one of the 100 greatest novels of all time. Set in an alternate history 1985, it features characters such as Dr. Manhattan and Rorsarch. What is the movie? I don't know. I actually thought you would have got this one. It's uh, Watchmen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Movie didn't take off nearly as well as the graphic novel did, but um, very, very popular film. I actually seen it in the, the very first movie I ever seen in IMAX 3D or 3D IMAX, however you say it was, was that movie. And true story, like the craziest scene up until that point that I have ever seen in 3D was the uh, whenever Dr. Manhattan is actually on Mars and he's building some sort of like mechanical thing, whatever. It's this isn't great for radio, but if you could see it, if you can go on YouTube and search it, it is absolutely incredible. Like talk about a very, very good use of CGI. That's one of them. Very cool. All right. This next question. I'm sure you've seen the original Tron. Yes, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, actually, I just messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the answer first. Okay. Well, was it Tron? Yeah, it was Tron. Oh, good. I was going to say this film was disqualified from receiving, from receiving an Academy Award nomination for special effects because the Academy felt that they were cheating. Wow. So it was actually Tron. So it, It's funny because I think it was like shortly after that time is when they started to expand the Oscars and they added things like makeup and special effects as categories. Right. That, I think makeup came along in 1982, if I remember correctly, because Rick Baker, who did uh, the makeup in 1977 for Star Wars and should have won, obviously, if there was an award at that time, but there was no award for makeup at that time. So he right. would have won it for the uh, cantina sequence. But anyway. All right. Well, sorry for bombing that. That was really That's good. OK. I, I got it. It was Tron. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. All right. <laughs> Okay, this 2000 film is believed by many to be one of the worst ever made, and it features the lead character, Turl. This is directly from IMBD right here. While other beings were learning how to spell their names, Turl was being trained to conquer galaxies. Despite his willpower and his knack for strategy, he is thoroughly incompetent and absent-minded when it comes to dealing with man-animals, as he calls them. Turl is a vengeful psycho and will stop at nothing to ruin anybody who dares cross him. What is this movie? Oh, you, please, it's Battlefield Earth. I mean, come on. It's John Travolta. It's one of the worst <laughs> movies ever made. It was based on L. Ron Hubbard, right? On his yep. book. Oh, it was terrible. Yep. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. And it was the only reason it, it was made is because uh, because um, Travolta's a Scientologist, right? And oh, yep. just awful, 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 awful movie. I agree with you. One of the worst movies ever made, for sure. You're, you're doing pretty good. You're, yeah. having a good. you're having a good show, Chris. Not you're bad, really not are. bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, Chris, you have two kids, right? Yes, I do. So I take it you've seen Toy Story at least once in your I, life? I've seen Toy Story, yeah, from time okay. to time. Okay. So obviously it's it's all CGI throughout the entire film. Um, what is the name of the emotionally disturbed delinquent child that lives next door and destroys toys in cruel and unusual ways? Oh, God. You you got me there. You got, oh, you got me the Okay, so you got me on that one. I can't remember. I know the character, but I don't remember. I know. I know you can picture him. Yeah, you know oh, what yeah. he looks like. I can picture him because yeah, and he, and he straps the the bomb onto Buzz. He's gonna yeah, and that's the, the rescue. I can't remember the name of the kid. Oh, His name Jesus. is Sid. Sid. Oh, jeez, you got me. That was a good one. Yeah, slimy good. little bastard. By the way, that. and by the way, I gotta say, like Toy Story was was okay. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm you know, Toy Story two, but Toy Story three. Toy, Toy Story three made me cry. Was, I cried in the oh theater. Oh yeah, unbelievable! Not not just one of the best movies of that year. It was one of the like not one of the best animated movies. It, it was one of the best movies of all time. Like mm -hmm. seriously, like it is an incredible, incredible yeah. movie. Like it's got everything in it. It's got emotions and it's got a great story and it's got incredible effects and all these action and like the suspense and oh, 
what what a movie that's what movies are all about and that is amazing use of cgi because i think going back to what we were saying before a lot of the things with cgi is is the emotions miss, missing and, and that really is what connects people to movies that's what what makes movies so special there has to be an emotional connection and a lot of it can get lost in cgi and i think toy story 3 is a great example where you can still convey emotion and connect with audiences through cgi totally agree yeah. totally agree one of my favorite movies growing up, still is one of my favorite movies, was the all three Toy Stories. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so this next question. This 2002 movie is an American science fiction action mystery thriller directed by Steven Spielberg, which you've heard of Steven Spielberg, I assume? Uh, yeah, I've heard of him from time to time. Yeah, yeah. yeah little obscure director. Uh, it's set in the year 2054, where pre-crime, as it's called, is a specialized police department that apprehends criminals based on foreknowledge provided by three psychics. What is the name of this movie? Oh, oh, that's the one with uh, with Tom Cruise, right? Oh, what the yep. hell is the name of it now? It's the, oh, oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's it's escaped me. Um, Some really the, the crazy, fun. crazy special effects. Yes, like yes, yes. I remember with it was his great. hands dealing with computers and moving images side by side and. Uh, I, I just I can't remember it off the top of my head now. It's uh, I know I I, I I can't remember. Yep, it's uh you you were right. It was a Tom Cruise movie, yep. and it's called Minority Report. Minority Report. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's based off the book. Absolutely. Okay. I think I yeah I have one more question. One more. Lay it on me. Are you a Harry Potter guy? Uh yeah yeah Harry Potter. I'm more I'm more like the um the, the books than than the movies. But I mean the movies are still good. They're very true okay. to the books. So. So you should nail this. All right. So the first Harry Potter movie was released in 2001, right? Yeah. So 10 years and eight films later, the series finally met its end. How many Harry Potter movie titles can you name? Uh, I I guess I could name all of them, right? I mean, the first start one from the top. Let's from the start top. the oldest. Um, so in the Sorcerer's Stone, there is the Chamber of Secrets. Um, then the third one is the is it the Order of the Phoenix. The third one, um, I did this. The funny thing was, is on my honeymoon um, because I read the books like years ago, so it's harder for me to remember. I was on my honeymoon, and there was a trivia contest on the ship, and one of the questions was name all the titles of the books, and I wasn't able to name them all. But uh, but they've obviously they're escaping me now. So uh, there was the Half Blood Prince and the, right. the Deathly Hallows uh, Part One and Deathly Hallows Part Two because they broke the movie into two of them, and there was the Goblet of Fire. I missed that one, and I said Half Blood. There's Prince. one. And there's there's one that you have not that you haven't said already. So you've gotten all of them but one. It's the third movie, though. It was a really good one where... Probably probably uh, the the Azkaban, Azkaban. Wasn't it Azkaban? Prisoner of Azkaban? Yes. Prisoner of Azkaban. That was was actually probably the... One of the best of the movies too. I'm trying to remember yep. when it was. Yeah, I like the director. Uh, I think it was Swan who directed. It was really, really good job, and I thought he did. I thought he did some really good stuff in that. So okay, so did I get them all? Is that all of them? No, yeah, I didn't do it in order, but uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the part one, was actually the first movie I saw in theaters with my wife, which she was obviously my girlfriend at the time, but she wanted to see it really, really bad, and I had I wasn't caught up with all the movies. I had missed like the Goblet of Fire and the the Order of the Phoenix, and so I was like, you know, I'll take you or whatever. But it was actually phenomenal movie but I'm, I'm pretty impressed that you knew them all especially when I, when you started getting out of order I didn't think you'd be able to recover but you did it Chris I oh, think man. you got what every single one right but one oh, did you miss bad. one movie uh, of, of the Harry Potter no, overall. Oh, overall, no, I did awesome this week. I mean, and next week you better brush up on your Fonzie because, you know, I'm sure we'll be doing so lots of Fonzie <laughs> stuff. I'll be hitting you with that, so it's going to be great. But right now, hey, listen, it's time to wrap things up. Episode 3, Saturday Night Live or Saturday Night Dead? Fun with Yancey. All right, let's do it. Okay, so this week I'm going to quiz you on 
SNL related questions. We're going to stay true to the topic, of course, and especially in regard to Gen X. Okay. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to start you with a very, very easy one. It's a 50, 50 shot at this one. Okay. Okay. Uh, So it's Saturday night live. So when a show goes out live, anything can happen. Has the F word ever been said on the show and made it to air? I, I know this once it was an accident. I, I even knew who the, Oh my God, I know this. It was once who was the actor? Ugh. Yes, the answer is yes. It was one time. And I, I did know this and I've I've completely blanked on who the actor was. But it was a miss it was a mistake. Like it was a misstep. He he didn't actually mean to say it. Like he jumbled his words or something like that and he blurted out the F word. Right? Uh, so actually the the, 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 the F word has been said several times. On SNL, uh, the first time was with Paul Schaefer <laughs> uh, when he said it instead of uh, the word "floggin." He was supposed to say "floggin" and he didn't. But most famously was in 1981, Charles Rocket. So they were doing a spoof of Who Shot Jr. And at the end, he looked at the camera and he said, "I I just like to know who the f- did it." And it just he didn't mean to say it. He said he just came out and man, did he get in trouble for that? But I mean, Prince used uh, the f word in a song, um, Morris Day. In the time, you know, sang it in a song. Uh, Aerosmith did as well. Um, but most recently in uh, 2009, Jenny Slate, she accidentally said said the F word, you know, on the show. So it's been said quite a few times, actually. But the most famous, I think, was Charles Rocket when he did it in the uh, the Who Shot uh, JR sketch. That's for sure. Okay, so next one. In the original cast, okay, mm-hmm. Chevy Chase, he opened up this recurring sketch every week with the following phrase. He would say, Good evening. I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. Name the recur- <laughs> name, name the recurring sketch. <laughs> uh, I I don't know, but I want to know what is it. Weekend update. As soon as you said that, yeah. that obviously makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. He, he opened up weekend update with that. So um, okay, <laughs> so we'll try another one. So um, this well-known and beloved comedian was offered the chance to join the cast of SNL for the 1981-82 season, but he turned it down so that he could stay on SETV. Name him. 1981? Yep. Think about mm-hmm. it. He, he's offered to come on Saturday Night Live, and he says, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I'm going to stay on SCTV. Here's a showing my age a little bit, but what was SCTV? Can you give me that? Are you f-ing kidding me? <clears throat> oh, my God. You, <laughs> come we, on, man. you and I are doing an entire show on SCTV. Okay, it's a Canadian show. It stands for Second City Television. It was as good or better than Saturday Night Live. No word of a no word of a lie. Go back and look up some things. I'm gonna send you after the show. I'm gonna send you a link to some of my favorite uh, SCTV stuff. Uh, unlike SNL, you can find some of this stuff on YouTube, and some of it is, will just blow you away. It is so incredible. So this guy was on SCTV. SNL tried to woo him over. He's Canadian, and he died in 1994. Those are some hints for you. Okay, I, I, I don't know if he was actually Canadian, but is it Mitch Hedberg? No, no, it's not Mitch Hedberg. It's John Candy. Oh, yeah. See, I would have never gotten that. Okay, well then, um, then try. I'll expand it a little bit. Okay, so rest in peace, though, John. Candy. Absolutely, one of the greatest. So, <laughs> in the history of SNL, there's been nine cast members who were Canadian. You know, I got to give a Canadian spin on this because you know, you know, I'm from the Great White North myself, right? So here's right. what I want you to do: nine Canadian cast members in the history of the show. Name two of them. Um. Oh wow. <laughs> Nobody knows any Canadians, Chris. Um. Are you f- 
kidding me? Come on, come on. Okay, okay, I'll make it easy for you. Name one. Name one Canadian that's ever been a cast member in SNL. Now, when you say cast member, that is a distinction between like being a guest or hosting it, right? Yeah, yeah, a cast member. I'm looking for one of the cast members, one of the not ready for primetime players, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, Chris. I can't think of a single one. Uh, Mike Myers? Yep, okay. That, okay. that actually does make sense, uh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd's Canadian? Yep. Robin Duke, Norm MacDonald, Peter Aykroyd, Paul Schaefer, Phil Hartman? Mark McKinney, and of course, Martin Short. All uh-huh. Canadians on the show. Okay. Did not know that. Okay, well, well speaking that. of guest hosts, you mentioned guest hosts, so I'll put this spin on it for you. So um, there's been lots of people that have hosted the show more than one time. Okay, do you know who holds the record for hosting the show the most times? The most. Yep, hosted Saturday Night Live more than anybody else, 16 times. Uh, well, recently it seems like every other week it's Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't, that's not right, is it? No. Um, who has hosted it the most? Can you give me any kind of hint as to... You, you've already been buzzed, so unfortunately I gotta, I gotta take it away. <laughs> okay. it's, it's Alec Baldwin. Has <clears throat> hosted really? the show 16 times. Yeah, Steve Martin's hosted 15. John Goodman and Buck Henry, both 10. But Alec Baldwin is the, is the leader at 16. <clears throat> okay, so I'm gonna make it even easier. I'm gonna go into the world of movies for you, okay? So you know, there's been, sometimes they make movies based on SNL sketches, right? There's been 11 movies that have been based on SNL sketches or characters. What I want you to do, though, is name the very, very first one. What was the first movie ever based on an SNL sketch or character? Was uh, this the Blues Brothers? Oh, ladies and I gentlemen. <laughs> very good. because Very good. Came out in 1980. And they didn't make another one for 12 years till Wayne's World came out. So good yep. for you. One All of right. my dad's favorite movies. All right. Well, oh, it's one of my favorite movies as well. So, um, okay. Uh, one last one to go, okay? One yes. last one on the show. So when the sh- when when the show debuted in 1975, the show was not originally called Saturday Night Live. Can you give me the original name of the show? Wow, I've got to give you credit, Chris. You did give questions that even if you didn't watch the show, you could probably pick stuff up just through osmosis, like yep. just hearing it and passing and stuff. That was the point. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like stump you. I want to have some fun. It's fun with Yancey, not stump Yancey. Yeah, this is really difficult. You could tell. It's coming out through your questions that this is something you're obviously very passionate about that you followed for a long time. I absolutely it's seeping through. Love, yeah, this is this it. is your joint right now. Oh, but yeah. uh, love it, love it to death. Yeah, but no, I I don't know. You're gonna have to tell me. It debuted on October the 11th, 1975, and for uh, over a year, it was called NBC's Saturday Night. And the reason why is at the time there was a show on Saturday night called Saturday Night Live with Howard Cosell. And so they couldn't call it Saturday Night Live, so they called it NBC Saturday Night. And then they ended up just changing it to Saturday Night. And then they finally changed it to Saturday Night Live. If you if you notice on the cold opening, at the end of the cold opening on every show, what do they say right before they kick it to the, to the credits? Live from New York, it's Saturday Night. It's Saturday Night, night. yeah. And that's, they've, they've kept that right from the beginning because that's the way they, they started at the beginning of the show. And they've just kept it through ever since. You know? It's wild. <clears throat> like I said, we could probably do 10 shows on SNL, and we'll probably come back and do some more in the future. That's for sure. But for now, I tell you what, it's time to call it a wrap. Episode 4, Oh, the Horror. Fun with Yancey. Okay, over to you, my friend. All right, really quickly, I just want to pour a shot to the ground for my lost homie. We didn't mention The Shining at all today. Mm-hmm. 
Isn't that weird? The thing is, here's the thing. Okay, in all honesty, I had it on my top five, and I was like, I was so close, but the other ones really just pushed ahead. The Shining, for me, would be number six on the list. Full disclosure, it's really, really close. I thought it was really, really good. I thought it dealt with a lot of really, really cool issues. Isolationism, you know, like being out in the middle of nowhere, slowly going crazy, seeing ghosts, you know. There was the telepathic stuff that was going on and all that. And then there's just madness like when the scene when he hits scatman crothers with the axe and all that stuff and then chasing the family and there's so many iconic things right like here's johnny and all that stuff and but you think about like at the time when it first came out stephen king didn't even like the movie you know he really yeah he goes i don't like that it's not a good adaptation of my book and and it wasn't an instant hit it kind of took a while to kind of grow into a hit and it eventually did become quite a bit of a hit but it took a little bit of time to do so but yeah there's definitely iconic stuff in there you know like the red rum red rum and all that kind of stuff it's really close it's number six for me so it just fell out because yeah we're probably going to hear it from people so yeah fair enough uh, anyway. we, had to give, we had to give it a little bit of a plug so. gotta give it some gotta give it some love you're right all right okay. so trivia you all ready? yours yep go for it Okay, so have you – you remember we we mentioned uh, Blair Witch Project, so I'm going to reword this question just a little bit. This is a long shot, uh, but let's go with it. Do you happen to remember the name of the man that was influenced by the Blair Witch in the film, the man who would lure the children into the home? Oh, no, no, I don't remember. They mention it two or three times, but uh, his name is Rustin Parr. No, no, I haven't remembered it. No, no. Okay, fair enough. Oh, another aside too, the uh, the, the three actors in the movie, I think it's um, Heather – Heather Donahue, Donahue. And, yep. and Michael and Joshua, because they all use the real names in the movie, right? Um, they're all going to be at Fan Expo in Toronto, too. On the really? Yeah, i got to run into those guys. I'll, I'll get a picture for you, okay? Okay, fair enough. Okay, have you seen Scream? Mm-hmm. All right, so what is the name of the actual yep. character, Scream? Oh, Jeepers, that's a great one. And, and I love that movie, too, because it was um, it was like a parody. That's the one. That's the thing that made that thing successful, because mm-hmm. after a long run of like slasher movies, the genre had become boring. The genre had become kind of, you know, tired. dated and tired, exactly. So that one came out, and it was basically a spoof of horror movies, which made it so good. Um, and also the fact that it starred lots of famous people, as opposed to unknowns. I don't know. I don't remember. It was Father Death. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, Father Death. Okay. All right. Can you name the writer of An American Werewolf in London? Um, well, the director was uh, John Landis, but was the writer, will I go with? I'll go with John Landis and say he wrote it, too. Yep, you got it. Damn. Yes. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what other questions we have right here. All right. So what specific thing in common do the movie Silent Hill, House of the Dead, and Resident Evil all have in common? Um, they all ha- haunted houses? No. No. Something else you can uh, possibly gravitate towards? Uh, ghosts? Nope. Okay. You got me. All three, Silent Hill, House of the Dead, and Resident Evil, were actually video games first that were then turned into movies. Oh, so there you go. Wow, there you go. I thought Resident Evil would have given that away, but I guess not. yeah, no. All right, so what is the name of the demon from The Exorcist that is used to contact Reagan? The demon that is used to contact Reagan? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to. Come on. You have to know this. I don't know it. I can't remember. It's uh, it's Captain Howdy. Oh, okay. Jeez. Oh, man. That's a good one. You're making yeah. really hard on me this week. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, good for me. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm just tired of getting dusted by you for three weeks, <laughs> well, to be well, honest. Go. Well, I got, I got John Landis, so I got that yeah. for me. Yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. Thanks. All right. So Zombieland, you know, it came out a few years ago. It's not – It's like you said, it's not exactly a horror movie, just like Jaws isn't necessarily a horror movie. Right. But it has a lot of horror aspects. It's kind of genre bending. Yep. Um, can you name any of the th- – 
30 plus rules of Zombieland that are mentioned throughout the entire movie. Any no. any rule. You, um, you don't mention Fight Club. No. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about rules all the time. There's something simple as having a buddy, using the buddy system, doing cardio, uh, you know, double don't, tying your shoelaces. Don't ride. It's, it's don't, literally a theme throughout the entire movie, but I was going to give you credit if you could get just one. Don't and, ride the Ferris wheel at night. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Is that one? I don't know because it didn't take place in a, in a, like a music park. It says something about that, but there, like I said, there's only 35. I'll give you half a point for that. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Good okay. Um, so what name, speaking of Jaws, what name did Spielberg give to the mechanical shark? Bruce. As a bonus tip. Bruce. Already said it. Bruce. Yeah. It was Bruce. Yep. <laughs> Here, yeah. I'll spin it. I'll spin it in a different light. Okay. Then, okay. Yeah. It was named so, after his accountant. I even know that. How bad is It was is actually that? a lawyer. Oh, it was his lawyer. I'm sorry. It was named after Pretty his sure lawyer. sure it was a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. So can you name the movie, an animated movie, where they actually named a shark after that shark? Absolutely. It was Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, yeah, and he coined the famous phrase "fish are friends, not food," and that was also Bruce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, good job, yeah. good job. All right, this next question it says this grotesque 2009 Dutch film was inspired from a joke the writer had once made about the best way to punish convicted child molesters. What is the film? Uh, is it Hostel? No, but that is a good guess. Mm. Any I other guess? Mm, no. It's actually the human centipede. Oh, jeez. He talks about this in a video interview where they were asking him how, you know, how could a person come up with an idea to conjoin three people to mouth, basically. And uh, he literally said it was a conversation that he was having with friends about the proper way to handle convicted child molesters, which oh. I thought was interesting. I, I always re relate it to the South Park episode where it was the human centipede. <laughs> and it was Apple. Apple put them all together. Do you remember? You ever see that episode? I I, I know. I've seen clips. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Got to make sure you read the fine print in that in that terms of agreement with Apple. Yeah. All right. So this next movie, yeah. uh, the first installment of it. So there's been subsequent movies released okay. since then, but the yeah. first installment was released in 2007, and uh, cost just fifteen thousand dollars to make and grossed a hundred and ninety three million dollars worldwide. What is the name of the movie? Uh, Paranormal Activity. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Okay. Yes. And last question. Last uh, one. What is, okay. what is the name of the hotel in The Shining? Oh, it's the, uh, oh, jeepers, the over, over, over. Um, You're so close. Oh, Come it's, on. oh, the overlook. Is it the overlook? The overlook. Overlook, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh, God. Well so done. I needed some help, but I, you know, thank you very much for giving me a little leeway on that one. It's been a long time since I saw that movie. Fantastic. I, I will say this. That. I had, I probably had three or four more questions, but we literally, like you literally answered them during the show. Thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. Please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show.